0: Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast. We're excited to give you a special weekly upside-down Christmas Advent series, an initiative of Care Impact. Every week until the new year, we'll explore the flip side of hope, peace, love, and joy and how everyday people find these gifts in some of life's most difficult moments. So grab a hot cup of your favorite drink, sit by the proverbial fire as we journey through Christmas with care.
1: Welcome to our third episode of the Advent mini-series, Upside Down Christmas, where we're going to celebrate the advent of love. And with me here in studio, virtually online from Annapolis Valley, Nova Scotia, is our very own Galena Smith on our Care Impact team. Welcome to the podcast, Galena. Hi, Wendy. So good to be here. I'm so glad to have you on this episode, Galena, uh, talking about love. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
0: I was born in the Soviet Union in Siberia. And uh, nobody just happens to be in Siberia at their own will. So I am a descendant of people who had been exiled there for political reasons. So lots of trauma there. So I grew up in then post-Soviet Russia. And um, I do consider myself a true Siberian, but not in the sense many people think of a Siberian. Uh, We say that the Siberian is not the one who's not afraid of the cold, but the one who knows how to dress warmly. You came from Siberia, but you haven't always stayed there.
1: You have gone to many places around the world and somehow you found yourself in Nova Scotia. Can you tell me a bit about that journey? What did it look like from coming from a cold area in Siberia all the way down to the Annapolis Valley
0: in Nova Scotia? What was that journey like? When I was five and at the end of the Soviet Union, I told my mom, I'm going to America. And she was very surprised because America was not really in the news. It was perestroika time, but somehow I had this spark that I'm going to travel in America. It sounded like a a lot of freedom. I don't know. I really don't know what was going on through my five-year-old mind, but that's what I told her. And when I was 10 and I was living in a village with my family in the Far East By then, we had an opportunity to start to learn English. And usually, our schooling is free, but the English language was a special class. And we had a policewoman from another village come and teach us, uh, village kids, uh, some English, which was pretty random. But she got me started, and I fell in love with that language. Really, I did. And I just had this vision that English will give me the key to traveling, and the key to see the world. So that, I think, was what was in my five-year-old heart, is to see more of what I was seeing around me. So English was my passion. I love learning. And when I went to university, I was studying international relations with focus on languages, and I started to teach kids in kindergarten to have a side job. Uh, Since I was a kid, actually, I was told, oh, you'll be a teacher. And i would say a big giant no, I shall not be teacher, but I think my aunt saw it all along that oh you have it in you, and the kids and you're a gifted teacher. You're one of the trauma
1: trainers in our academy uh, teaching trauma care, and you have a way of relaying some some really key concepts to others. And I think it's maybe that personable approach. You're not there with a waving a stick and on the on the whiteboard. Uh, you relate through stories and you understand some, some profound concepts, which your aunt was onto something. You are a good teacher.
0: I did love teaching. It was not what I trained for, but that's what I ended up doing after I graduated from university. My education and in international relations really gave me preparation to understand some things, but at the time, I did not have the space in my head to understand some concepts and things and processes. In politics, in the world, in history that were happening around me and the things I was studying, actually not everything clicked in my head and jumping ahead this year, many of those things have finally connected and and it's like the dots that had been put out there for many, many years since I was a kid until now, they just finally came together, a history, politics, all of it. Um, trauma. So tell, explain that to me a little bit. What were those
1: dots? What were those threads that you were starting to make sense only this year?
0: Well, for example, I'll I'll date myself here, but when I was eight, uh, Soviet Union fell apart. And so did my family, actually. Mm. So to me, those two things happened at the same time. And as traumatic as both of them were, I had this understanding that both of them were for the better. It was Better in the case with my family because of some things that were going on there. And it was better for the Soviet Union to end because of the blood that that country had been built on. As a kid and a teenager going to school, I understood those things. And honestly, I just believed that that was for the better. I did not question, let's say, my mom's generation that they would be wanting to go back or anything like that things I was learning about repressions and all the things that really Bolsheviks had done. The archives were open, the things we were learning about our families. My grandfather finally was able to find out some information about his grandfather after 70 years of not knowing what happened to him. Mm. All those things left to me no question about the past of my country. Though there were many things I did not understand, but the truth, that that country was not free, and that country was not good.
1: Yeah, and and did it have to do with um, now seeing the war in Ukraine? Did some of those things come to light? How did the war in Ukraine affect you? I know this has been something near and dear to your heart.
0: The war in Ukraine broke my heart. It didn't start in February. It started eight years ago. But the escalation that happened this February, the invasion the full scale war it broke my heart that morning i just remember so clearly just like hundreds and thousands of people around the world you know i was here in canada and i just um what's going on with my morning and i actually got texts from my friends i didn't even go on the news because i tried to not go on the news in the morning or even to take my phone in the morning but i saw texts from my friends like i'm praying for you i'm so sorry i was like what why so then i checked and i was just remember this feeling like the wave was going through me. It was like my little family was here. The kids were waiting for their breakfast. They wanted to read books. And over there, everything was crumbling. Hmm. And I remember that morning it was cold. February 24th was was cold here. And we went for a walk with my kids. And I remember seeing a neighbor with a dog. And he said, hey, how are you? I said, okay. And he actually made a point to come to me. And at that point, it was the first time I faced somebody outside the house. And I thought, are people going to hate me? Are people Mm. going to just, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Are people going to hate me just because I'm Russian? Uh, Like, what are they going to think? And he came to me and he he just looked and I said, you know, right? He said, yeah, I'll check the news. And he said, I was thinking of you. And I just teared up and I said, I'm just so sorry. I just, this is terrible. And I said, like, I feel so ashamed is what mm. I said, because that's what it felt. And he said, don't take it upon yourself. Like he said so firmly, he said, don't take it upon yourself. This is not true, people understand. And just that meant so much to me. I've heard it over and over from friends, from neighbors, because somehow I feel like I have to say it. I'm from Russia, because somehow I feel I have to explain it. I am from Russia and I'm against the war. And people often say, you don't have to say it, or it's not your fault.
1: But you feel something profound when when this war has broken out. And I know from our staff meetings and times we've checked in together. This has affected you in a very profound way because you have Russian background and your people, your family, they're they're still in Russia, right? And so it affects you in a, a different way than, say, somebody else looking at it outside, not connected I, I'm just acknowledging that, that it must be a challenge to be Russian and be who you are, being created in the image of God in a country that you were born into and seeing these things happen without your control. Is there space for love? What does love look like in the midst of war, in these conflicts? I want
0: to go back a little bit to my story. But when I was growing up, there were things that we were taught, like our reader, for example, you know, the first thing, literally, the first thing in the book, because I caught the last year of Soviet Union in my first grade. the first page of our reader had a portrait of Lenin and the the poem, "What Does the Motherland Start from?" I don't see it in Canadian school, so I don't know how many other countries have that. But the cult of motherland is big. It's all about mother, friendship and motherland in my country so you know we were raised to be proud of our culture be proud of our artists uh, be proud of our writers and i am in that way very russian that i, I wasn't just going around like, waving the flag never <laughs> really but i really took it deeply like i was raised in that literature and i loved russian language i prided myself in speaking very clearly I I was what they call a humanitarian even in my class. Like Reading, writing was was my passion. So where I'm going with it is that all those things that you grew up with, friendship, brotherhood, you know, motherland, and then to see all of those things turned inside out and being presented as this Russian world and pushed upon our neighbors and pushed upon people who had been a part of that great machine Soviet Union but have since found their independence. When I was 19, I really came to the conviction, very personal conviction that Christ was God. And I was reading the Gospel of John, and there was a story that spoke so, so deeply to me. And I just remember that moment. I was like, I was hearing God's voice speaking to me when Jesus said, go and sin no more. And I do not condemn you. Those words just really transformed my life because I had been carrying shame and guilt. But really, I was looking for love. And when I heard that, I just had this very clear understanding. And it usually takes me more time to even explain it or put into words because it was like instantaneous conviction. So what I felt at that moment is that Christ was God. And because he was God, he forgave me. And he forgave me because he loved me. All of it came as a, revelation and one like it was so deep i knew i found what i had been looking for so i found love so what did love look like in that moment at that moment love looked like forgiveness and belonging it was like he knew my name It was like he knew me and past all my shame and guilt and sadness of growing up with that father as difficult as that relationship had been i just felt that love and that was a journey of course of uh, knowing him. And so would you
1: say love was a the theme since 19 years old when you encountered that experience with Christ? Would you see that even till now, that love is sort of a thread that weaves through your journey to what you're doing now, who you are today? Have you seen that love play itself out in, in the decisions and the, the path that God has had you on? I want to
0: believe I have seen that as a theme of my life. From God, yes, I have seen love. I believe and have experienced His love. You know how the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have tasted Him. And I have seen the deepest manifestation of His love in the relationships that I had that had been broken. And one of them was with my father. And God really put that love into my heart. I just know that I was not able to forgive on my own. And I was not able to let go of that pain on my own. Um, so God's love as the Father was really a to me. And my connection with Ukraine can be described with that word love. Mm. I, I was invited to go to Ukraine when I was still at university to a camp to help out, you know, being the adventurous person that I was. And I had not traveled much yet by then. I was really excited, but like many Russians from you know, that part of the world where I was, like in Siberia, I wasn't really sure what was there to expect, you know? Okay, Ukraine. And there were so many things coming from TV. Looking back now, I can see the propaganda was working already, like that whole drop by drop. They hate Russians, they don't like Russian language. But I was like, well, we'll, we'll just see. So when I arrived in Ukraine with my friends, I met people who were just so beautiful in appearance and on the inside. They were all just so beautiful the young people and older people the campers so you fell in love with the Ukraine. i fell in love with ukraine i went we went to church that morning and during worship time i just was amazed the language was so beautiful it was so beautiful as we can understand it as as russians but it was different and it was so melodic and so beautiful so it, it hurts so much, even today, when people, some people in my country deny the very existence of that language. It is so wrong. It is so untrue. That language is so beautiful. Isn't that
1: interesting, though, when we can have perceived enemies and propaganda, yes, in one sense, in a very real sense in Russia, there's propaganda to sort of help shape what you believe but we all have propaganda that we believe of perceived enemies or perceived barriers with others. But what I hear you saying is, but when you get to know somebody, when you have a relationship with that person, they no longer become that other. They become a brother and sister. They become a good neighbor. They become that person with a story and a, and a beauty within them in all the complexities that make them them. You were actually... Living that out when you went as a young adult into the Ukraine and all of that fell.
0: Wendy, you're absolutely right. For me to see what you say, the other, it really made all the difference because it's not some idea anymore. It is real people. And when people have names and faces, that changes everything. It's not longer an issue, an agenda. It is real people with real stories. And so for me, Ukraine became very dear to my heart. There is a very special family who accepted me as their own. You know, they became my Ukrainian family. There are friends who had become so dear to me. And the discipleship I received there has affected me for years afterwards. Like there were things that didn't connect right away. There were things that I didn't understand, but it caught up with me later on. And I carry that with me and and there's this this
1: notion too that when we love when we open ourselves up to love others we can also open ourselves more vulnerably to hurt and to grieve with and to to feel the pain of others as well and i know just walking with you through this this past a season of the war in in the ukraine and, and russia you have gone through deep grief you are going through deep grief as well because of your love It's not an absence of that pain, but it's as we love, we almost open ourselves up to hurt with and to grieve with. Can you talk to us a little bit of what that grief has looked like as you love the
0: Ukraine, as you love your Russian family? What is that like? Grief is the right word to describe these last few months. And there are so many layers of of it. And I just want to say, especially if some of our listeners are from Ukraine, that in no way I compare my grief with yours. I'm only speaking as a Russian-Canadian, though Canadian is more of a citizenship and Russian really is my roots. I can only speak from that position. The grief has come from so many sides and on so many levels. Well, first of all, that my country has invaded another. That is a tragedy. Second, that it is Ukraine that I love so dearly and her people that are being bombed, killed, attacked. The reasons that are told to my people are so faith-breaking. Uh, that is the word that has come to me so many times. It is The word itself is faith-breaking. The propaganda that has enveloped this whole process for years and years is faith-breaking. There are so many lies, starting with the, the existence of Ukrainian language, that it's denied its place, the culture, the history of Ukraine. I agree with the fact that, well, before the war, the pandemic wasn't over yet either. So I hadn't seen my family and I didn't, didn't know, would I be able to see them? And so when this happened, it was like, oh my goodness, will I ever see them? I, I reached out to all my friends right away because I just, I like, I had to check in with them. How are you guys doing? Like I, uh, and it was so scary because I just, with my neighbor, was afraid, will people even want to talk to me You know. Let alone my friends from Ukraine. Yes, of course, they know that I love them, but do they, like, do they know that I do not support this? Or because I chose not to use my Facebook platform for um, making political statements. That was my choice for many reasons. And as it turned out, it had been an issue for some people. And so as I reached out, you know, and people like, yeah, we're in a bomb shelter or we're in our basement or this and that, it was so painful. And when I conveyed it back home, my friends in bomb shelters, the answers, the response was not what I expected. To realize that my people are so washed up by propaganda was heartbreaking. And it was my husband who, who was a love <laughs> of my life. He said to me, even if we cannot hold their minds, let's hold their hearts in relation to some of my dear people who had different Views, let's put it this, or understanding, or mm. information. It has changed since then. So that grief was just all there.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that would be quite difficult to to be in that tension that you
0: described. But to see that, you know, country where I grew up and I love turning into some monster that I didn't know was still alive, I thought it was gone with the Soviet Union, but it really turned into something even more vicious.
1: Yeah, and to think about it, that God so loved the world, he sent his only son. And here we are celebrating Christmas. He loved the world. This is our, our word for this Advent week. He loved the world so much. He sent his only son to the whole world, right? It wasn't to one country. It was for all people. And I, I believe what you're describing there is a love for all people that we're all made in the image of Christ, right? And so that love that God has touched you with, even as a young 19-year-old, it's manifesting in how you actually view other people, no matter the nationality. And that's a beautiful thing that you're describing here. Galena, you are a great artist in using watercolors. I have seen your work in Fact Care Impact. You have gifted one of your pieces into our Care Impact Christmas cards. So some of your listeners, if you are on our, our list of, of donors or or partners, uh, you will be seeing this in the mail, actually, this week. This is from our very own Galena Smith. You have painted many, many, many cards. Can you tell us a little bit about your new side gig, Lupin's by the Wayside, and how that has come to be? Because this is very much part of your grief story, right? And your your pursuit to love your people well, love Ukraine well.
0: Can you tell us a bit about Lupin's By the Wayside? Lupin's By the Wayside is the name for my art studio, if you may, which consists of my dining room table. And lupins here in the valley are not native species. They were replanted, just like Tim and I were. And... They apparently do very well. They're very good for the soil in Nova Scotia, which is my hope. And they bring so much beauty. They're apparently a weed, but they bring so much beauty to Nova Scotia. And the winter came. The winter in Ukraine is dark now. And I wanted to raise much more money than what we did in the summer because I wanted to support my friends. And I realized I could not keep up hand-painting the cards. So I decided I'll put all everything I've learned and design the cards and print them, have them printed, because that will be more efficient numbers wise. So I poured my heart into designing eight different cards and I had them printed. And this is my hope that we will raise more money. My Facebook page is Lubins by the Wayside. And if you want to support this fundraiser, feel free to send me a message and put an order.
1: And what is beautiful about that is each stroke that you have on these paintings and they're beautiful paintings, they are done with love and prayer for people. And I just think that's a beautiful way to channel that grief because what was your alternative to sit in there and feel powerless? And here is a way of an expression. And I I really appreciate how you have
0: used that for good. After the invasion, I felt so heavy with grief and I was burdened. And I soon recognized something so dark happening in my heart. And I realized it was hatred. And it was so strong and so deep. I had never felt felt it like that. And it was directed towards the person who started it, who had the power to not start it and who did. And I went to my first in-person prayer meeting uh, since COVID started. And I confessed it to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we prayed together. And several people had really prophesied over me and received scripture in their hearts. And it was all around love. And I came out of that prayer meeting not exactly full of love for that person, but I felt free from the hatred, and it made all the difference in my journey onward. That's
1: beautiful. And many of our listeners may identify with that deep-rooted hatred or strife or conflict, whether it's an internal or interpersonal or it's massive global on a global scale, what suggestions or encouragement would you have
0: for people that are in that space? I would be the one to say, don't hate or you have to forgive because it really is a personal journey for everybody. I can only testify that Forgiveness does set us free, and the love conquers all. I I firmly believe it, and I see it, even if only with eyes of faith right now. I see it in people of Ukraine, and I see it in my own people. There are people in my country who have used their voices at the risk of their life, of their freedom, and of so, so much. And I love them so much for it. There are so many prisoners in Russia for speaking out of love. So for anybody who is struggling, I just want to invite to find what it is that gives you hope, who it is that gives you hope. I invite you to pursue the space where you can be quiet, whether through art, walks, not the phone, somewhere where you can hear your own thoughts and see what's around you. And feel all the feels. Give yourself space to feel it all, to name it all. If it is hatred, give it the name. If it's anger, give it the name. If you just can't forgive, say it, write it down. If you're a person of faith, pray about it. Pray and ask God to give you love and heal well, because he is love and love truly conquers all.
1: Yeah, you've said some really key things there, that God is love. And what you've described isn't the romantic comedy or the the romantic like feeling of love that a lot of people pursue, that God of love actually is in the midst of tragedy. It is in the midst of strife. It is in the midst of reconciliation in those gritty spaces. It's so upside down. And, and it's so appropriate that you speak of this because we're talking about the upside down Advent and upside down Christmas, looking at the upside down nature of God's love we're to love our enemies. We are to love those who hurt us. We are to love even when we don't feel it. Love is still resilient um, because God cannot be conquered. God is love. So thank you so much for sharing Galena in this episode and sharing vulnerably of your story and your experiences and your perspective on love. I just really appreciate the things that uh imparted with us would you be able to close us out in a prayer for our listeners as we seek love
0: i'll start with reading of psalm 13 how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me how long must i take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day how long shall my enemy be exalted over me consider and answer me O lord my god Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy says I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. Father God, thank you for your great love. You hold the whole world in your hand. I don't understand how, and I often struggle to see your hand in the midst of such angst, grief, and destruction. I grieve deeply, along with my brothers and sisters in Ukraine and along with my people in Russia. And I cry out to you, Lord, how long? I grieve the decades of repressions, of deceit, of murder. How long, O Lord? But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. Father, I pray that you will have dealt bountifully with the people of Ukraine and people of Russia that you will convert the hearts and turn them to you, Lord. And everyone who's listening, Lord, I pray that every heart will be touched by your love and find strength in you and in your love. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to
1: the Journey with Care podcast, where paths connect over real life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation and loving our neighbor. Be sure to like, follow and share. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage with child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or to learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or click the link in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.